Hi and welcome to this edition of Authorised, the podcast where writers speak. My name's Kevin Hillier and today you're going to meet Bob Franklin. I know you're immediately going to say, I know that name. Well, you should. A very well-known stand-up comic. He's a writer, uh, obviously. Uh, he's an actor, a director. Uh, you've seen him on all sorts of, uh, of television programs. Uh, thank God you're here. Uh, but most recently, you would have seen him in the Jack Irish franchise with Guy Pearce, uh, where he plays a terrific character, <laughs> as uh, funny and dark as it can possibly be. And as funny and dark as uh, many of the stories are in this book that we're about to talk to him about. The book is his second work of, uh, of short stories. Uh, it's called uh, Lengthening Shadows, and we'll talk to Bob very, very shortly. Uh, very laid-back character, uh, but a character nonetheless, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy the chat I've uh, I've had with uh, with Bob Franklin uh, for the Authorised Podcast. But a reminder about our terrific podcast partners, and it's that time of the year where you do think about uh, your finances a little more uh, clearly and a little more thoroughly than probably under normal circumstances. And CSCG are the people you should talk to if you have any concerns whatsoever, if you've got some planning issues, if you're uh, thinking about what you're going to do uh, in your retirement, you're thinking about what you're going to do right now with your tax uh, for the end of the financial year, well, they're the people to talk to. Give them a buzz. They're happy to have a chat with you. It's double nine seven four eight triple three. Always up for a chat about uh, accounting, about uh, lending, about taxation, about superannuation. They're people you can really trust. And when you ha- it's your money, uh, they treat it like your money. So they'll uh, they'll look after you. CSCG, jump on the website, cscg.com.au. I'm sure you'll uh, work a uh, fabulous relationship up with them. Uh, let's uh, now talk to our guest for this week, uh, Melbourne-based stand-up comic and writer, Bob Franklin. Hello, Bob. It's Kevin Hillier calling. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm well. Your good self? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Well, let's talk about uh, your books and most uh, most importantly, let's talk about the new one, which is uh, Lengthening Shadows. Now, uh, you've done one book of short stories before this one. When did the kind of writing of short stories and stuff start for you? Well, I think when I was still in school, about the age of 14 or something, I would have uh, started dabbling in it. I think by then I was I would already have been reading things like Herbert Van Fowles' pan books of horror and that kind of thing, <laughs> sort of stuff that a, a teenager laps up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'd probably probably stemmed from that. Obviously, you, you made your way in the in the comedy world. Is there a correlation somewhere between these sort of pursuits? Uh, yeah, I think I think they've always been um, good bedfellows, uh, as it were. Um, they, um, I think, they work on on that same kind of mechanism. That they basically they turn the tables on on yeah. your protagonist, and the, the the world stops making sense, really. And whether whether you play that for laughs or for uh, more of a uh, sense of dread. Um, it's basically it's the same thing going on. So I think they've they've always sat well together. For me, a, a book of short stories is like an album that an uh, that a you know a rock singer does. It's it's kind of your twelve or thirteen, or in your case, in this uh, with lengthening shadows, the ten parts, the ten singles that make up the album. Is that is that how you construct it? Um, that's an interesting take on it. I, um. Never really thought thought of it like that. Okay, but I don't mind it as an <laughs> as an analogy. Oh, well, you, take it; it's yours, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always found it funny that um, 
you know, collections of short stories have always been um, a sort of poor cousin of the novel. Um, but I mean, with an album, nobody nobody complains that it's it's not uh, that you know that the songs aren't longer or yep. whatever. It, it, it's just a sort of culturally um, accepted way of doing things when there's there's not really any you know there's nothing behind it. Well, people go to see a film and they don't complain that that it didn't go for for eight hours or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, a strange thing. I actually think there's more, or sometimes there is far more uh, ability and and creativity shown in a short story than there is in a long story. You cut all the rambling crap out of it, and you you get to the point, and uh, you can your impact is. I mean, I, I just one of one of my favourite uh, movies of all time is is Stand by Me, the Stephen King, which is based on. A Stephen King short story. So it wasn't a five hundred page novel. It was a you know a twenty page short story. Yeah, well, I, I think there is uh, a sense now that films are often better based on short stories, and and uh, long form television is more suited to to adapting a novel. And um, yeah, I think there's I think that makes a lot of sense really. When you sit down and write write to your short stories, um, the, for instance, the one that opens uh, this book about the the comedy troupe on Norfolk Island. Yeah. How how much of your short stories are based in in Bob Franklin's fictional world and Bob Franklin's real world? <laughs> well, um, you kind of pick the odd one out there because that <laughs> that was very very much inspired by doing a ghost tour on Norfolk Island while. I was over there with the Comedy Festival Roadshow. <laughs> I should make it clear that the, the comics in that story are grotesque uh, alterations of the of the people who were present. Start you know, naming were, names, um, Franklin. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's just uh, a necessity when you're writing dark fiction that you that you will um, make people fairly horrible. But um, yeah, the actual sort of blueprint of that story did did come out of doing a, a tour of the um, the Quality Row cottages on Norfolk Island, and um, certain things that were. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff that was said by the the guide. That's that's kind of um, yeah, that's very factual. Oh, okay, it just kind of. Um, sparked off the idea for the story, just you know, the juxtaposition of certain things that were said and things that were happening. So yeah, in that case, it's, it was uh, yeah heavily inspired by real life events. The others tend to be they're often sparked by news stories um, or uh, magazine articles. I tend to read a lot of sort of socio political. History and cultural history, and yeah. uh, I get a lot of ideas from that. I've always found comedians to be most comedians I know are voracious readers themselves, and I, I know it's because there's the constant search for the next joke. But it's also that that inquisitive mind and that always looking for new areas to open up. I guess to explore comedy, but uh, are you a voracious reader yourself? Yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. I I actually read very little fiction. Um, All right. Yes, I I do tend to read 
actual stuff to, to far greater degree. Um, what my reading at the moment, I've got three things on the go. I've got the the Lost Boys story of underage soldiers in the First World War. Right. Got that going on. I've got uh, a book called Bad News, Why Report the Fake News. Oh, yeah. Right. Sure, you sure that's not fiction? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, couldn't it? I could be falling for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff that I'm consuming on a regular basis. You mentioned earlier the teenage fascination with horror and stuff, and I mean, there's a just the, the Norfolk Island one. There, you talk about graveyards. That that paints beautiful pictures in in people's heads. I know it certainly did in mine of a you know of a graveyard and how creepy that can be. You've you've immediately got that image in your head when you're watching the characters walk through doing the tour, uh, which which works beautifully. What, have you are you a horror movie kind of fan or a horror um, writing fan, or where where did where did that sort of come from? Oh, very much a fan of the whole uh, uh, the whole genre, um, whether it's movies or uh, I, t- I tend to read like horror short stories far more than novels. Yeah, don't uh, get into them so much. I think the the short form is just far better for horror. But yeah, I love I love a good horror film as well. The characters in that in the book, where do you find them? I mean, for instance, let me just pick one out. The, the Halloween party with uh, the, the girl buying the boots and then the way that, that yeah. finishes, and I don't want to ruin the story for anyone else, but where, where do you find those, the, the, the Lara characters and the, you know, the Woody characters? Where, where do they come? You make them up or are they people that you base them on? Or? Um, no, they'd be very much made up. They'd probably, you'd probably take little bits and pieces from various real people that you've observed and um, stir them all up and try to come up with with a believable 20-something female character or uh, or a um, a rampant activist in the case of Woody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I listen. (laughs) You've only got to listen to Triple R a lot to... um, Get uh, get the ingredients of a character like Woody, <laughs> strident <laughs> activist. Yeah, so it's it's taking taking bits and pieces from all over the shop. Conscious effort to make some points about uh, or to reflect on some uh, some certain um, issues, uh, you know, like racism and uh, and uh, misogyny and those sorts of things. A, a conscious issue by you to to include them in some of the stories to make a point, as well as you know, creating great little stories to read. I don't know whether it's like a conscious effort to say anything about those things. Rather, it's um, it's just what's going on, isn't it? It's yeah. just. Uh, it's what you know. What people are, um, what they're getting into, and um, you know, the sort of things that they're perpetrating. I mean, it's all. I mean, it's just a just a suitable backdrop for, for dark stories. Yeah. Which is pretty much what uh, I guess most uh, comedian stand-up routine is. It's a reflection of what's going on in in real life, but with a with a joke on the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think com- good comedy is um, generally subversive, and um, I think uh, good fiction is as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. That, <laughs> I'm not sure that it's a big thing in Australian culture or entertainment. 
subversion. I'm not sure that, that uh, white Australia is particularly comfortable with with being uncomfortable, being yeah. made to feel uncomfortable. I think, you know, like um, Bruce Pascoe has been saying for years, Australians have this concept of themselves as being lovable larrikins who uh, give a fair go to everyone, and anything that conflicts with that, they they tend to rebuff with extreme prejudice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when, you, when, you, when you're doing stuff that makes people feel uncomfortable, you can find that there's um, quite a bit of resistance to it, to be honest. We're not nearly as uh, thick-skinned as we think we are. No, no. The, the the boundaries. I mean, uh, we're talking about the book and and the you know dark uh, dark fiction there. But the boundaries of comedy have certainly changed, or they appear to have changed from the outside. Have they changed from the inside when you're you know constructing your show for the Melbourne Comedy Festival? Are you now thinking differently about who you upset and who you don't upset, or do you work on the Ricky Gervais principle that you can say whatever you like as long as you cop the consequences? Yeah, well, I think that. I think that one of the side effects of um, political correctness is that people are, are having trouble understanding what satire is these days. They they just have a sort of knee-jerk reaction to anything that uh, touches on a com- controversial subject, and they don't really like they know they know enough to be they know enough to know that they're supposed to be anti-something, <laughs> but. They haven't got their heads around the fact that you can say things about subjects without being supportive of them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you do get into uh, you get into some tricky situations because you just can't you can't depend on people you know, really grasping that you're you're coming at something from a particular angle, saying something about. A subject that isn't condoning it or whatever. So it's uh, yeah, it's interesting times for comedy. Yeah, it, the written word makes a, a different impression on people because you're not doing it in front of a live audience. But when you when you put the book out and you and you talk about different subjects, it's then the up to the reader to to make out what they want of it and do whatever they want with it. Is that is that as pleasing for you as a as a genre to work in? Oh yeah, yeah, I think it's. It's incredibly satisfying on a completely different level to do yeah. the, the, the stories. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's very nice to be able to do the two things and, uh, you know, get, get something out of both of them. But, uh, yeah, a, a, a rare thing. Certainly don't take it for granted. And, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I don't know whether, <laughs> I really don't know whether there's a market for the kind of thing that I write anymore. I don't know how much I'll, I'll, I'll write in the future. Uh, it just feels like it's sort of a very narrow market now. I would have thought that uh, the, this would be like, for me, it, it just would sit beautifully as like a Twilight Zone type thing where you went from one little story uh, to the next one to the next one and you had sort of three little stories and bang, there's an episode of, you know, call it, Rob Franklin's lengthening shadows, and you sort of present it in that that beautiful um, undersell way that you do things. And uh, so, well, here's a story about uh, you know a Halloween party or a comedy troupe on Norfolk Island or a tree lopping company, yeah, or whatever. I, I reckon that'll work well. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's 
it's a concept that I've been trying to get television in this country interested in for 20 years with absolutely no luck. I mean, oh. it's, um, uh, I mean, I'm currently writing something that's uh, you know, a TV thing, the self-contained stories that have a kind of dark socio-political edge to them and, and there's sort of uh, horror and satirical elements all mixed up in there. But, you know, when it comes to getting TV networks interested in that stuff, it, you've, you tend to come up against some very conservative people who um, don't, uh, don't really want to run with that kind of thing. It, the, the, and that amazes me because, you know, we, we've now got Netflix and Stan and Britbox and you name it, uh, whatever it is, we've, we've got 750 million of them now and yet the, the, something like this, which to me is, a, in all honesty, is a no-brainer as something that I think people would love to watch, um, done done well. Jeez, I, that, I would scratch my head with that. Yes, I mean, it is a head-scratcher. I mean, you know, when you look at what else is going on in the world, the programs that are being made elsewhere, the shows that are being made in, in Scandinavia. Oh, and, yes. Uh, you know, and, and people talk about there not being a big enough population in Australia to support that kind of programming. And you go, well, you know, the populations of Scandinavian countries are far less than Australia, and they turn out some of the most interesting television in the world. Yep, they do. So we don't really stand up. It's, I think it's just down to down to just yeah, the people who pull the strings in in the business over here. It's a great pity because I I could see that being uh, being something that I reckon would be would be most fascinating. So, uh, do, am I getting the impression that you have you stopped writing or you've stopped writing for a book purpose now, and you're not sort of working on anything in that area at the minute? No, I'm not. I'm not writing anything. Um, in the literary vein at the moment. No, I'm um, kind of having a break from that. Well, I know you've, you've come but, off the yeah. back of a very heavy schedule for the Melbourne Comedy Festival, so you're probably, <laughs> yeah. as much as anything, you're probably knackered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, bit, uh, a bit wiped out. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really don't know whether, I, you know, I, I've no idea how this book is selling, and I've no idea whether there's, as I say, whether there's any kind of market for it in the future. It's a tough sell. Well, I hope there no, is because it's a, it's a it's a lovely collection of uh, ten sh- short stories that you can pick up and have a read and put down. And uh, it's got it's yeah, as you mentioned, it's got the the dark bent on it. But uh, no, it's it's good stuff. Well done, Bob. Uh, I, I hope you thanks, do more. Thanks, I know yeah. I know it's only your second one, but I hope you do many more. Well, thanks, Captain. Appreciate that. And I hope we get the Twilight Zone thing up and running at some stage because I think that'd be good. Uh, you know, sort of ten o'clock at night, turn the telly on. There's you sitting in uh, you know yeah. in the lounge somewhere just. No, it- it's been an absolute dream come true to combine the, the two things. But um, we'll see how we go. We'll keep we'll keep trying. That's all we can do, isn't it? and maybe maybe something will open up. Well, uh, continue do, go, getting doing the great work you do in comedy. I love your work in comedy, and uh, I think you're a much better actor. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen you do in, uh, in some of the series have been terrific. So uh, it was lovely having a chat, mate. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. I very much appreciate you too. Thanks, mate. Yes, if you get the chance, please go and have a look at Bob's work uh, on the Jack Irish series, the, the latest few episodes of that, uh, to finish that series off with Guy Pearce and his, uh, his sort of Roy Billings uh, right-hand man in it. Uh, and it's a great character and he does it uh, exceptionally well. And uh, the book is a beauty, Lengthening Shadows, a collection of short stories, macabre, dark, 
and humorous. What more could you ask for? Um, thanks once again to Bob for his time and also to uh, CSCG for their great support of, uh, of our podcast. Uh, give them a buzz. They'll have a chat with you about your financial situation and I'm sure they'll have uh, some answers. You'll have plenty of questions and they'll have plenty of answers because they have experts in every field that you could possibly think of in the finance world. Double nine seven four eight triple three is their number. CSCG.com.au is the website. And until the next time we talk, uh, read a book. It's uh, it's good fun. Uh, read it at night too. Helps you sleep. Uh, no matter even, even the good books help you sleep at night. Uh, until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care. <laughs> 